How do we approach the study of Muad'Dib's father? A man of surpassing warmth and surprising coldness was the Duke Leto Atreides. Yet many facts open up the way to this Duke. His abiding love for his Bene Gesserit lady, the dreams he held for his son, the devotion with which men served him. You see him there, a man snared by destiny, a lonely figure with the light dimmed behind the glory of his son. Still, one must ask, what is the son but an extension of the father? From Muad'Dib, Family Commentaries by the Princess Irma. you guys welcome back to i've read dune with rory voy i'm rory voy and i've read dune with me as always are my story boys andy and austin oh hello so hop in my car as i drive you guys up the sandy crest of a of a soft dune and (laughs) lay you down and treat you right (laughs) (laughs) i I always like it when i when i get laid down on the on the searing sand Laid down in the searing sands of Arrakis and treated to a to a, a soft night of of adequate lovemaking. Arrakis <laughs> nights, <laughs> like Arrakis days. Uh, <laughs> I actually just realized you said you, you said Arrakis kind of funny. You said it like Arrakis funny or Arrakis. Uh, I did not say it like Arrakis. You know, which is also a very famously sandy place. Uh, Arrakis. <laughs> Iraq? <laughs> it's not Iraq you. It's Iraq guys. <laughs> I was just wondering, was just wondering if you thought Frank Frank Herbert uh maybe maybe was uh you know talking about Iraq. Frank Herbert was the king of making things sound similar. <laughs> but there is you're going to notice um as we get to Eric to Arakane, it it does kind of feel like Islamabad or or another um large large um muslim metropolis look he did the orange catholic so you can just sort of add a thing to an existing thing and call it a completely different thing well and i think it's a little it's important in in sort of to place it in history not many people were kind of doing you you know it, it took it took the gulf war for us to start kind of doing a bunch of like middle east stories mm hmm and before then, we just weren't really talking about them in, in American pop culture. So There was it, Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. Maybe, I don't know, Ishtar? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> could have Ishtar. Don't bring that into this if place. The two things you can think of place. are Lawrence of Arabia and Ishtar. <laughs> yeah, they're both pretty good movies, right? They're both equal in quality. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Rory? Yeah. You're bringing us to the magical land of, of chapter six. The magical land of chapter six, where our our boyfriend Paul and his dad Duke Duke Jared Leto have a have a have a nighttime <laughs> chat. Mm, all right. Uh, do you guys you guys remember what was going on last week? 
Yeah. Uh, last let, me, let me try to piece that together. So he's talking to the doctor man. To our uh, friend Dr. The doctor UA. man who, who's going to, yeah, Princess Yue. The doctor man with the murder plan. Turns into the moon. Uh, <laughs> no, the doctor man is going to be a bad guy, we think. And mm-hmm. they're talking. He's talking with our boy Paul. Gives him a Bible. Tells us about some other religions. And it's weird. The Orange Catholics. <laughs> the Orange Catholics. The different Catholics. The ones that are like you know, what you know, but they're not. They're 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 more citrus. Right. Yeah. There's sort of a tang to it. That there's an normal <laughs> Catholicism. <laughs> um, yeah, just sort of a tangier, tangier version of Catholicism. <laughs> I'm the tang pope. It's just it's chock full of vitamin C. Yeah, the sort of Chester the Cheetah, the Chester Cheetah of, of you know, the papacy, Pope, Pope Julius the first. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So we learn about that. He gives them the Bible, right? The and then they read their special Bible phrase. Um, they and read their favorite the Bible boots. slogans. <laughs> yeah, but he picks he picks the the favorite passage seemingly randomly of uh ua's dead wife which is a super spooky moment and leaves him wrestled right and his wife was killed by baron harkonnen is that true Mm-hmm. okay right so we start thinking hmm, maybe maybe there's more going on here maybe you know this guy's like a triple agent Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so that was ready to get down to brass tacks are there those in this chapter well, they don't call them brass tacks. They call them, you know, Arakeen er- wall wall uh, points. Oh, yeah, but. that makes sense. He's not lying. Yeah. That, that's, in the, <laughs> that's in the wiki. Yeah. Yes, tell us about tell us about. Yeah, I've got six. my glossary in front of me, and I'm ready to talk about Dune. <laughs> uh, so the chapter starts with our, our, our good father, Duke Leto, coming to, say, to, to pat his sweet boy Paul on his, on his, on his sweet boy head. And uh, talk about the big move. Talk about all the all the cool shit they're gonna get up to on Arrakis. Like, has he promised anything cool? Like, okay, we're gonna get to do jet skis. <laughs> we're no, gonna like. Yeah, they, he didn't really boy. He didn't buy him off. He just told his son that this is happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he's like a duke. What are you gonna do? We learn a few things. Uh, duke Leto is fully aware that there is um, foul business. Uh, between the Emperor and Baron Harkonnen, um, and uh, this 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 new deal for him to get Arrakis. Mm-hmm. Right. So he knows that he's going to be stepping on some feathers. Yeah. So the Emperor has sort of made a. I don't. Ex- it's kind of unclear why he needs to make a play for more power. Um, but you know, uh, the 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 al- the illusion here is that he knows the Harkonnens will be hecka pissed, hecka steamed. If they lose uh, Arrakis, yeah. So he's gonna he's kind of he's kind of starting a, a a family blood feud. Well, at the same time, you have to assume he knew that any fight happening over the spice planet Arrakis would would be very bad for people who use spice. Mm, mm-hmm. So the implication is that not only will Duke Leto kind of take the fall for for this sort of like spike in in uh, spice prices. After he shorts the stack, um, but that he probably has 
uh, been stockpiling spice for for some time. So do we oh. get the sense that that Duke Leto is a little amoral in this sense, like he just doesn't care too much about the human cost the, of this well, Duke, like okay, clusterfuck so, he's about to stir up? Right. So we get we get a two things. For one, I don't think Duke Leto had real choice in the matter. Yeah, it's the oh, emperor. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah, but it's possible he could have like passed it off to a, you know, a, a um like a banner family or something and and not walked into this shitstorm, mm-hmm. kicking sand every, you know. Um but he has he has a very specific line about how um knowing where the trap is is the first step in avoiding it. Ah, uh, sure, okay. sure. So he knows two things that that he believes that the Harkonnens and the Emperor have not thought of. The fact that at the end of the day, this is going to increase his value to the to the Chome companies, the guild. And that he thinks that Baron Harkonnen has underestimated the value of the Fremen. Interesting. Okay. So the Fremen being the sort of locals of Arrakis, mm-hmm. the sand people. And right. what's what's cool about them? Did we get any indication of that in this chapter? We do, but so first, what we get is is um, he explains how the uh, the emperor's troops, the Sardaukar, are working with Baron Harkonnen. So they're they're in like direct cahoots now, and that means the emperor and or the the Harkonnens and ostensibly the emperor definitely want him dead. Oh, interesting. Like there's no there's no way that the secret police you know show up and the emperor's not involved. Got it. Okay. So the and emperor. We get, we get a, the emperor we get a bit gave... of a history lesson about the Sardaukar and their home planet of Seleucus Secundi. Okay, hold on. Back uh, up. Seleucus Secundus. Just, just a second. So yeah. wait, who are who are the Sard Sardaukars? The Sardaukar are the emperor's elite uh, personal army. Okay. They are okay. born and bred and raised on the on the planet of Seleucus Secundus. Great. Which is a prison planet, but it's kind of like generational prison planet. You know, you're born there, you're still in jail. Oh, I assume okay. your only real hope Some for anything sort of is like to debtor's a prison. That's like yeah. I assume the Secundus in the name means it's just the second planet in the system. Usually, that's it's how hard that works. to say. Um, Seleucus Secundus is uh, Secundus, like um, I mean, it's also SS. Yeah, and they're a secret police type type oh, place so fair enough it, fair enough that is i don't know a, if it's a verified dune fact or just a, <laughs> a possible <laughs> that's a dune uh, fact. possible allegory there now um, forgive me if i miss this but are we're supposed to be afraid of them mm-hmm. right so because yeah. so help help elucidate this for me a little bit uh the emperor gave arrakis to duke leto but then you mm-hmm. said that the Emperor and Baron Harkonnen are th- theoretically in cahoots against Duke Leto. Is he doing this yeah. to fuck Leto over? Like, entirely? Yes. Yeah. So he's giving Leto Arrakis to start some shit, gets, get all righteous, and, f- you know, potentially kill him, and then have him take the fall for some bullshit just to get him out of the way? With uh, at like, least, well, I think, I think if it, if, if business is the end goal, what he wants to do is shorten the stock on Spice and have full control over the small stockpile that exists. The Emperor? The Emperor. Okay. And possibly the Harkonnens. But you would think the Harkonnens, if they'd been stockpiling, wouldn't be quite as 
quite as frothing at the mouth to take um, Arrakis back right away. Right, because right. Argonans still don't want to lose Arrakis. Right, they don't want to lose Arrakis. So my my feeling is that um, the Emperor is backing the Baron's um, attempt to steal it, but for some reason there was some royal decree that had to happen. Um, does so that make sense? Is, like, like mm. he can't, so the Emperor can't just like full out just fuck over the... Uh, the Duke? The Right, the Duke just sort of in broad daylight. He's got to like. I use... think that's part of it. Is and any other of the great families, if he if he did anything himself, it would be trouble. Got it. Sure. Well, and there we we've already seen there's some pretty powerful players in this game, uh, right? With the Benny Chazaret and the and the and know, the guild, the, the guild, right. like and the Chome Company. Yeah. Like I wonder, you know, I wonder how much power they they sort of wield in comparison to the emperor. Like it feels like there's definitely sort of a bigger game going the on. The Chome Company is not a direct alle- is not a direct allegory to the uh, uh, India Tea Company, East India Trading Company, but I think you could re- view their respective powers as similar. Yeah, hmm. the president of the company versus the emperor of or king of uh, England are probably of similar stock. Yeah, that social makes, stock. That makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. I guess that I can I can feel sated yeah. so far. So like the... I said, so I, I think even if he could um attack Duke Leto in broad daylight, which I think as we talked about is probably not something he has the capacity to do. What he ultimately wants is to make spice something he controls instead of something that somebody else controls on a different planet somewhere else. Sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this is kind of a way of a sort of a two bird one stone sort of thing. He doesn't only want one and that's why they kind of have to happen together for it to make sense right i mean end of the day the emperor is playing for the emperor and the yeah. you know the duke is playing for the duke and the harkonnens are playing for themselves yeah and so there are just there are certain tenuous alliances that are made for certain specific means and otherwise it's still everybody for themselves yeah so so and then Duke goes into explaining why he believes, hey, so the Harkonnens are going to have these Sardaukar troops, which means that there's not a reasonable counter to that um, when it comes to foot soldiers. You know, the the Sardaukar are 100 to 1 in terms of their fighting ability, roughly speaking. Yeah. So, so... And they got the, the Duke... Sandra Day O'Connors from the Emperor. Yeah. Okay. So the Duke says, well, okay, let's talk about this. On Arrakis, there are these people. They grow up on the worst planet, arguably, possibly second worst. Who knows? If Seleucia Secundus is the worst planet, then Arrakis is the second worst planet. Yeah. it's That's the true Secundus. <laughs> <laughs> so these people who, who live out in the wastes, who hate the Harkonnens from his, you know, from his ruling with an iron fist this whole time, uh, who, have no, who have no allegiance to the Emperor... And can kind of move with with impunity around the planet. He thinks that by take, by walking into this trap, that he has a secret upper hand on the Emperor and the Harkonnens because, in the form of an allegiance with the Fremen. Oh, okay. does, does yeah. he already have that relationship or is he planning on forging one? He's just going to make uh, it happen. I think if we've, if we've met, uh, we met... Um, his mentat was on his was on his way to go be an envoy. Thufir uh, Hawat. You mean Hawat? Thufir Hawat, Hawat was uh, is uh, is on his way to be an envoy and speak to some Fremen leaders. Mm. Um, he leaves he leaves before 
Duke Leto does. Got it. I think even if he doesn't already have friendly relations with the Fremen, uh, he thinks he's got a reasonable shot, or at least as reasonable as a shot he's going to have. Like, they're the best odds he's going to be able to, you know, make for himself in this hand of cards. To do this kind of grassroots operation. Yeah. Cool. It's interesting. I, I don't know necessarily what I expected from this plotline, but it, it is interesting to me that it's sort of like a... Like, they're fucked. Like, they're in a really shitty situation, this whole family. Mm -hmm. Like, from those first chapters, it kind of seemed like, you know, not like a Harry Potter thing, but like, you know, like, oh, we've got this mom and a kid, and the kid might be Jesus, and like, there's sort of like this cool fanciful thing going on with all these witches, but like, his family is fucked on a pretty big geo, well, galactical, galactic political way, and they basically only have one shot at not all dying. Right. That's... That's a little more dire than I expected this to be, like, right off the bat. Yeah, like, they're kind of, like, they're being sent to Siberia, basically, like. (laughs) Hey, you own Siberia now. (laughs) And all the nukes there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) you get to keep the nukes. Any nukes you find are yours. And, you know, Putin is is also there, and he doesn't want (laughs) you to be there. (laughs) He does not like you digging up his nukes. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And so he's just telling his, his his little teen sweet boy about this. He's just like, hey. Shit's fucked, but I'm so gonna we're not promising jet skis at this point. It, it's, no. it's leading into the conversation about like shit is fucked. We're not all gonna maybe make it out of this, so this is the plan, you know, such that you can continue it where I left off. In the event of my uh, denoodling, <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in case all my spaghetti and meatballs come out of my my head. <laughs> That's that's one of Baron Harkonnen's like favorite tortures is to, <laughs> to, to, to take the noodles out of somebody. <laughs> yeah, I don't need all these noodles. <laughs> no, my noodles. <laughs> is that then? That's the end of the chapter, or um, they have a little conversation. So that that conversation continues. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact line. They have a, to- a conversation about like what killing feels like, and the Duke is like, uh, Paul is like, I don't like. I don't like killing. And Duke was like, no, no, you're not going to like it. The point is to be ready when you're not going to like it. Oh, okay. You're kind of, it, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool moment where they kind of both accept reality, but don't take any pleasure in it. Sort of, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can't just keep bringing it back to Game of Thrones, but it's always going to be fresh <laughs> in my mind in this sort of thing. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a, he like who a, serves like, the sentence passes the, yeah, who, who passes the sentence must swing the sword sort of moment, yeah. like with him and Bran sort of just being like, hey, life is hard. This is what ruling is like. You got to do the hard thing and it's going to suck every time. Right. Like, yeah. like, that's cool. That's a cool moment. I like those. Yeah. Um. It's also nice to sound. It seems like the core family unit, like they're decent people. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That that we're supposed to kind of get that vibe, kind of like the Starks. That look, everybody around us are probably huge savage murderer people who are double crossing, maybe. But like our base family unit loves each other a lot, and we got to stick together. I think it's a good analogy because you know, like the Starks and like uh like a especially like a Sansa type character. We, yeah, we see we snooty. meet Paul soft, right? Mm-hmm. We don't meet him. We don't meet him cool. But we no. don't meet him as a as an completely unlikable douchebag. Right? Yep, he's just he's just rich and soft. Now, have we seen? Uh, 
Oh God, I'm gonna forget her name. Uh, Jessica. Have we seen Jessica and the Duke interact at all in, yet? No, I don't think so. Because they're 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 the husband and wife, right? No, she is his. She is his um, first. Basically, like a like a prime mistress. It's it's oh. like a side the, like a side I, piece. No, above side piece, <laughs> but but below uh, official duties of duchess. Oh, so where's the Duchess? There's no Duchess. That's why they're not married, is to oh. keep open the possibility of political marriages. So she's oh, just a so baby he mama. Hasn't, so he hasn't married yet. Correct. And he's, he's not married got, yet. Like, his, he's got his cuddle, his cuddle friend. Oh, his, his, I think she's his first concubine. I think that's the, the, the rank. Oof. Interesting. Okay. It's not, not great terminology. Yeah, I can't. It might not be concubine. Well, it's it's because in their in their basic relationship, they're mistress and and suitor, right? Mm-hmm. But she's also a witch and significantly more powerful. You know, I don't know. And I think there's some witchy terminology there. Sure. And I mean, she's, she's still, got her own. She's thing still going being on. a mom. Like she's still yeah. Being she's a mom. still being a dope ass mom. And there's no like there's no like Game of Thronesy. He's not Paul Snow. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. He's a legit. He's a full. Yeah. He's a well, full. Yeah, royal and, blood. And you know, it's not like the mom is just being. It's not like Jessica's being played off as like some sort of unimportant female character. Like she's got bomb right. ass shit going on on her own. Like she's yeah. Like she doesn't have to be cool. married to be. Yeah. Right. You think this was a way of Frank Herbert to justify like whatever like extramarital shit he was getting into? <laughs> I don't. I do think that of uh, of. Um, Robert Heinlein, like all of his gross stuff, I think was straight justification. <laughs> <laughs> know your creepo authors. <laughs> Though, I mean, it's worth it to bring up. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard people talk about Dune and it not being particularly aging, like not particularly aging well for its treatment of women. Uh, I don't know because I haven't read it. Hence sure. the point of this podcast. Uh, but I've heard that before. Um, I mean, I'll be mindful of it on this second read. I don't remember it the first time I read the book. I haven't noticed it now. Um, you know, you could you could say that there are things that don't age well, like first concubine. Sure. But yeah. the question is, does does that invalidate a strong character with a strong voice who is narratively important and is um, rich in in all other things? Um, I would hesitate to. To shackle all the female characters of this to Into, just to problematic to titles to, to yeah. title problematic titling yeah right uh huh and naming and naming conventions that have perhaps not aged the way we would hope. By the way, I really quickly I, while we mentioned like weird, creepy sex fan, sci-fi <laughs> authors, um, uh-huh. I just learned today that uh, Robert Klein, no, not Robert Klein. Uh, What's the Ernest Klein who did Ready Player One apparently mm. wrote this whole like poem about how he wants like better porn. <laughs> he was like, I don't want like I don't want like the porn for jocks. I want like the cool porn with like the quirky girls. And like, I'm so much cooler because oh. I like I like the, the alt porn. Know your creepy authors. Yeah. So just so you know, Ernest Klein. Ready Player One was a pretty bad weird. book. So it I was. Mean, yeah, it's not- that was a atrocious piece of piece of words on paper i'm not going to call it literature <laughs> but speaking of <laughs> speaking of books becoming movies i mean we've just had it announced that dune's being worked into a two movie thing with uh 
the guy who just did um, with Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, Villeneuve. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, he's he's gonna work on a, a two movie Dune adaptation. Wow. Well, more power to him for taking. Blade like, Runner was dope. Like, did either of you guys watch um, watch Prisoners? No, no, I didn't. Prisoners is one of his first like yeah uh, Hollywood movies. It's really fucking good though. It's dope. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I love him. Like Arrival. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he uh, does Rebel really great cool. work. Should we finish this thing out? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do that. Let's finish let's it out. Wrap it, wrap it downtown. All right. Well, so the last thing we learn uh, is that I think we learned it before, but now the official the official offer has come down on high, and Duke Leto is asking his son to begin training in the ways of a mentat. Mm. Is that brand new to you guys? Yes. yes. Or have we mentioned that he might also be a mentat? Okay. No, that's new. Are we talking about Paul? Yeah. Or yeah. Paul? Paul. Sweet boy Paul. He, he can't might be, be both, right? He, uh, it's 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 possible that he can't be both, but he certainly can be either right now. Yeah, right. Because he's got the juice. Yeah, he's got that Jesus juice. He he's got his, that hot Jesus juice running through his. He's thick got that. He's got that Michael secret stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so how does Paul react to that? He reacts. I guess as much as anybody could when they are asked if they want to be a math wizard, like <laughs> he's, he's not stoked exactly, but he's not, he's not turning his, his nose up at it either. It's so much homework. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's wizard homework. <laughs> it's wizard homework. It looks a lot like math homework. <laughs> <laughs> you can it's spice like... it up however you want, but it's it... end of the day. You're just doing fractions. <laughs> And polynomials <laughs> until the sun goes down. <laughs> well, is it like like in Harry Potter where we keep hearing about this class arithmancy, but we never actually get any of it because it's probably too boring? Like, how, they, how they do wizard taxes? Yeah. Uh, this is not wizard school. Whether he, Whichever wizard school he chooses to join, like that's not going to be the point of the book. Right, exactly. Which is pretty upsetting to hear, I'll be honest. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. <laughs> and you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. <laughs> it comes out most Saturdays. Saturday morning, Tuesdays, you guys. It's the show that started it all. Uh, you can hear me, Rory, and Andy. And we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, <laughs> cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show, maybe. We're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. <laughs> and it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you 
once a month. Um, and you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.